My jungle will lure you in, with paths that are deceptively apparent and secrets that will never be uncovered. Silver starlight may show you the way, shape-shifting shadows will lead you astray. So open your eyes, I shall show you a world etched deep in my mind and free from your kind. Only the greatest explorers of the unknown, those who are willing to lose themselves can unravel the enigma. For the essence of the jungle lies not in being found, but in getting lost. Welcome to Thorn's Jungle. What's going on everyone? Uh, welcome to another episode of Thorn's Jungle. Uh, hope you've all had a good weekend. Uh, we had like a... We had a lot of rain over this weekend, and it was like the wettest November in history of Perth in Australia, so, which is, is good. I love the rain. I hate the cold, but I love the rain, and I mean, we're getting into summer, so the plants can use the last of what water they're going to get. Uh, this episode uh, is a topic that I've wanted to do for ages and I even did a YouTube video on this topic and also it was going to be the first episode of this podcast but I did the episode and I had it up for a few hours and then I realized and a couple of people had give me some feedback on it and it was I was looking at this subject with too much skepticism you know, I'm a very open-minded person, uh, but when stuff just doesn't make sense to me and scientifically, then I have kind of a tendency to rip it to shreds, and that's what I did with that episode. So I decided to come back and look at it through a more, you know, broader eyes, just to, uh, just so I didn't look ultra-skeptical, because... A lot of stuff in nature is unexplainable, or we can't explain it yet. Um, and just because it's unexplainable doesn't mean it's, it doesn't exist. So I'm looking at this topic, the topic of alien big cats. Now, alien big cat isn't a big cat that's come from space on a UFO or anything like that. It's a big cat that is found outside its natural range, its natural distribution, its natural territory. And probably the most uh, commonly cited uh, places where these big cats are, are seen is the UK and Australia. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of look more at the Australian big cats rather than the UK. Because the UK has a more or had a more relaxed law on keeping exotic animals like big cats. And there is actual evidence of not big cats from the genus Panthera, but larger cats like lynxes and um, caracals. I, I believe they've actually found roadkill of uh, like servals and stuff in the UK. Um, so we're focusing more on Australian big cats. Being an Australian, I've been hearing about this for years and years and years, ever since I was a kid, and it's always fascinated me. And I will tell you straight up, nobody wants there to be big cats in Australia more than I do. Trust me. 
I think it's the coolest thing ever. Big cats roaming our countryside. And big cats have been sighted in every state of Australia. Uh, most commonly over east in sort of New South Wales area. Uh, they've got lots of mountain ranges um, and forest, forested areas. Uh, so I'll start off by what are these big cats that people are, are citing? Um, you see all these news articles and things like that. And because obviously news people, um, they're not zoologists, they're not biologists, which I can forgive them for saying this. Uh, they always say big black panther-like creature or black puma or black cougar spotted in blah, blah, certain area. Always, it's always that sort of news headline. Uh, a black puma and black... Uh, cougar, they, they don't exist. There are no uh, actual evidence of black pumas and black cougars ever existing. A black panther is, isn't an actual animal. It's not its own separate species of animal. It's either a leopard or a jaguar with a mutation called melanism, where their body produces too much melanin and they look black. I mean, they're not totally black. In certain sunlight, you can actually still see their rosettes, which are like their patterning and spots. Uh, but when you hear the term black panther, it's either a black leopard or a black jaguar. Um, so if, if there was a black, large black cat roaming Australia, it would have to be one or the other, black leopard or black jaguar. Uh, melanistic black. Um, and I'm gonna, sort of narrow down which cat it's most likely to be just by how common they are uh, in the pet trade and also in the wild. And that would be the leopard. The leopard is the most uh, widely distributed big cat in the world. They're found from Africa through Asia. Um, they're in many countries. And a big cat, uh, if you're talking zoological, means animals from cats from the genus panthera uh, so that's tiger lion jaguar and leopard uh, and also the snow leopard which is a different species to panthera partis which is the leopard um, so cheetahs mountain lions things like that aren't actually classified as big cats i mean they are big cats they're huge but they're not in that genus uh, puma is it's puma concolor so it's from the genus puma and pumas, mountain lions, and cougars are all the same animal. They're just different names for the same animal, puma concolor. Um, so if there were be these big black cats roaming Australia, they're most likely to be melanistic leopards, black leopards. Now, how did they get to Australia? There's a lot of debate about this. And I mean, it could be all of these um, reasons. Uh, I think the most popular reason is when the US Army came over um, into Australia, uh, I don't know if it was World War One or World War Two. I think it might have been World War One. they bought lots of exotic animals as kind of mascots for the army. And they bought lions, they bought bears, they bought leopards. And once they were done with them, they just released them into the wild. They just let them go. Um, 
that's probably the most common theory as to how these big cats got to Australia. Another reason is uh, circuses that at the time had big cats and exo other exotic animals. Um, once sort of the laws were introduced where they could no longer keep them or bring them into Australia, they just let them go. Or they escaped from circuses, traveling circuses. And it has happened. Um, it has happened in Australia. There has been lions escaped from circuses. There has been escapee zoo animals. Um, in 2010, I believe it was, maybe a bit earlier, a pig hunter in Darwin, which is in Northern Territory, Northern part of Australia, was uh, hunting pigs and shot what he believed was a large pig, but it ended up being a pygmy hippopotamus. And this is confirmed, they have the body. Um, they don't actually quite know where exactly it escaped from, but that just proves that there are exotic animals being kept in, you know, either illegally or in uh, sort of zoos and they do escape. There was a zoo, a privately owned zoo up in the Northern Territory. Uh, and I believe he let go of a bunch of his animals. Um, but how likely is it? And, and this is a debate. I've no, uh, no question that there has been big cats and exotic animals released into the Australian outback. A hundred percent has happened. It's happened in probably every country that has exotic animals in that country. But the main sort of debate for me and argument against this is, are, are they forming breeding populations? Are they breeding? And you would need a fair few of them to form a breeding population in Australia. Now, there has been thousands of sightings of big black cats throughout Australia. And there's even video footage, lots of video footage actually, there's photos of them. Um, I'm yet to see any video evidence that I've gone, holy shit, that, that's, a that's a black leopard or that's a black jaguar, that's a big cat. Um, because every single video I've seen, they're, they're just big black domestic cats, feeless cats. And, you know, from a distance, if you see a cat, big black cat, walking around, you know, an open scrubland, it stands out a lot more, especially when it's black, it stands out quite a lot. And because you can see it from a distance, you're like, that has to be big. But I look at the tail, the head structure, the ears of these cats in these videos, and none of them suggest to me that they're a big cat. Um... Now, there are a lot of big cat hunters out there that are looking for the big cats. And, you know, they found pug marks, which are paw prints. Uh, they found lots and lots of kills from, uh, from an unnamed animal, unspecified animal. But they look remarkably like big cat kills. Uh, you know, they've got the throats uh, been damaged. Uh, there's sort of rake marks from claws down the back. Uh, the internal organs have been eaten. They do look like big cat kills. Um, but I, I look at it more as how likely is it for a big cat to successfully breed and, you know, have cubs in Australia. And, of course, there goes the dogs. Every episode. There they go. All right, I'm going to pause it for a second. Okay.
We're back. Dogs barking at surprise. Absolutely nothing. So we're going to look into breeding populations of big cats in Australia and how likely or unlikely that is to happen. Now, given that leopards in their own habitat do fine, okay? But how do they act naturally in a completely alien environment like Australia? Given that these cats are hunting completely different prey that they used to in a very different climate. I mean, parts of Australia, Australia and Africa have very similar climates. Uh, parts of Australia have similar climates to Asia. So out of all the big cats, a leopard would be the most adaptable to Australia's climate. Um, food, however, I can see a leopard looking at a kangaroo, which is great size for a leopard, uh, perfect size, or a wallaby. But I can see him look at a kangaroo and going, what the fuck is that? What is that thing? This thing stands up and is built like a brick shithouse, built like a bodybuilder. What the hell am I going to do with that? So I can see them take, you know, taking some time to get used to that sort of prey. Uh, now, leopards will have anywhere from one to five, six even cubs. Uh, their success rate for raising them cubs in the first year kind of halves. So let's say they do breed, then, you know, they'll only really successfully bring up maybe a couple, three cubs maybe. Um, but that is given the very unlikely uh, scenario that these big cats have survived after they've been let go or escaped. Um, so they've had to survive in an alien habitat uh, eating food that they've never seen before and now that they now they've managed to find another of the same species another leopard out of all of this and breed right and that's given the unlikely fact that you can release a captive leopard into the wild and it probably will not survive and that's releasing it into its own habitat parts of Southeast Asia and Asia and Africa, India, you could have a pet leopard for a few years and release it into the wild and it won't survive. It won't know how to hunt. It won't know how to fend for itself. Uh, very unlikely that it would survive. So these leopards or big cats that have, uh, suppose, have been released or escaped into the wild of Australia like, why would they be able to hunt and know exactly how to hunt? Instinctually, they... How would they know how to hunt kangaroos and wallabies if they, were gonna, if they knew how to hunt at all? So that's another big issue for me is... Um, like, re repopulating leopards into certain areas is hard enough in their natural habitat, let alone in a habitat like Australia, and then being able to hunt and fend for themselves uh so that to me is kind of a very implausible scenario that they will be let go and they will know how to hunt and they'll know how to stay alive given that for a breeding population you need like a fairly healthy still unhealthy but fairly healthy uh breeding 
number, you would need about 50 animals. And for a good breeding program, you'd need maybe 500. So let's say about 50, you'd, 50 would have to have been released. I mean, for them to con continue to breed for the last 100 years when they were supposedly first let go. Because in the wild, leopards will live maybe 15, 16 years if they're lucky. So we would have had to have had a few generations of leopards being born in Australia in the wild for them to still be seeing these big cats. And there are still reports. Uh, every week I see a new report of a big black cat being spotted in Australia. So this to me kind of is one reason why I, can, I, I, I find it hard to believe. But I'm still remaining open to this. I still am. But for me, it, it's the more I look into it, the more uh, implausible it gets. Um, and let's say that these escaped or released leopards, and th this is true to any big cat, the unlikelihood of them surviving in the wild after being in captivity. Um, they have basically the same amount of cubs and basically live for the same amount of time. So what I'm saying about the leopards rings true for these other species of big cat, like the lion and the tiger and the jaguar. Um, so let's say that these big cats have managed to survive. They managed to teach themselves how to hunt in a foreign habitat like Australia. Um, what are the chances of them finding each other in the vast Australian outback, you know, so one of them surviving is very, 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 very lucky. Um, what are the chances of two of them surviving to sexual maturity, teaching itself to hunt? And then what are the likelihoods of those big cats meeting each other and finding each other in the wild and then successfully having a litter of cubs? Um, in, in my mind, I hate to say it, but it's, basically impossible it's possible but it's like very 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 tiny possibility that that could happen and would happen so let's say they had these cubs okay um let's say they had three cubs if two so melanism uh, makes up about 11% of worldwide leopards. So only 11% of leopards in the wild are melanistic. They're black. So it's a quite rare mutation. And let, let's, say, let's say these big cats in the wild in Australia have a litter of cubs the chances of them all being melanistic is very small, very small. Uh, especially if like one of the big cats, the leopards doesn't contain that genetic allele that, uh, you know, allows it to be melanistic. Um, so, and, and, and here, here's a thing that really I find interesting is I never see accounts of spotted leopards being sighted or spotted big cats being sighted in Australia. 
Now they're not really spots, they're called rosettes because they're not actually spots if you look at them. They are like sort of two semicircles and with jaguars there is like a little blotch in the middle. Um, but there are no real reports of rosetted big cats in Australia. They're all black and occasionally a tawny colour report will come out. So like a tawny colour, like a lion or a mountain lion. Um, but no spotted ones, which I find really interesting. Why, if worldwide only 11% of leopards in the wild, and I think it's even smaller with jaguars, because um, leopards are the, and, and tigers don't, there are no melanistic tigers, there's no melanistic lions, that gene doesn't, that we know of exists in those cats. And also there's no um, melanistic cougars or mountain lions. Um, only leopards and jaguars. Um, so what are the chances of them all being black? Um, pretty much none. Now there are parts of the world like uh, Peninsula Malaysia or certain areas of Peninsula Malaysia that uh, the population of leopards there are predominantly melanistic. And this is probably an adaptation because melanism is a mutation, but with big cats like leopards and jaguars, it is actually beneficial. It's a beneficial mutation. I mean, in a deep, dark jungle, it is beneficial to be black. Um, it's also beneficial to have the rosettes because it does break up um, the solid sort of image and uh, you don't stand out as much to prey, but being black is definitely beneficial. Uh, so in the Taman Nagara area, the Pahang region of Malaysia, most of the, uh, probably about, I think 90% of them are melanistic. Uh, but there are still sightings and there's uh, camera traps and photos of leopards walking around that are rosetted, have rosettes, have the spots. And none in Australia, which I find interesting. Um, so it, it's sort of like, in my opinion, all these very unlikely scenarios uh, playing out perfectly, it, I find very hard to believe. You know, we've got a leopard that's survived, taught itself how to hunt, and it's never hunted before, taught itself how to hunt completely foreign prey that it's never hunted before, in a habitat it's never hunted or lived before, finding a mate that has done the same thing in the vast Australian outback out of only a few escapees, and then managing to breed, then... And, and all, all, most of these leopards that were brought over weren't all Black Panthers, so if they were released, there would have been spotted ones released. Um, so then the likelihood of them all being black uh, and then continuing that life cycle. Uh, all of those sort of uh, scenarios coming together makes it very hard for me to, to believe that there are big cats roaming in Australia. Now let's look at the evidence. Um... I mean, this is just my opinion, you know, it, I, I believe it's quite valid, but again, it's just my, my opinion. Um, the evidence of big cats is kind of bleak. Uh, so there's lots of paw prints, pug marks uh, spotted and 99% of them. And I follow like the big cat sighting groups. And so I do stay uh, involved with it um, and people post their own 
photos of the prints, paw prints that they found while you know walking the dog or hiking, um, fresh kills and stuff like that. But ninety nine percent of these paw prints I see a dog. They're canid, like nearly basically every time. I believe I've seen a couple that do look very cat like, um, but the rest are just dogs. They're dog prints. You can see the claw marks, the shape of the pads. They're just not feelered. Um, so, and, and, and the thing with pug marks and paw prints, I'm not saying people are doing this, but it, it is another possibility to consider. You can fake them um, quite easily. Um, and let's say people aren't faking them, then it's pretty interesting if they are finding clear pug marks, clear paw prints that look like a large cat, then that is interesting that, it, you know, that's something's going on then. Um, there's also kills that people find and see in Australia we do have invasive foxes we do have invasive feral cats and a lot of the kills and carcasses that have been found do look like big cat kills um, but looking at the animals and that are in the area you'll get foxes that come in and scavenge off the kill um, I mean big feral cats will kill wallabies and other macropods like betongs and things like that and obviously being a cat their kills are quite similar to that of a big cat um, and that so when a fox will scavenge a kill like eat the organs and things like that um, let's say a feral cat kill or something like that then it does end up looking like a big cat kill and like a big cat is eaten there and a lot of big cat hunters in Australia have taken DNA swabs of kills, even fresh kills, and the results in nearly every case have come back fox. I don't believe any of them has come back as a big cat like a leopard. And the reasoning for that is that a big cat well, this is what the big cat hunters say, that a big cat has killed... It is a big cat kill, but because foxes have come and scavenged the kill, their DNA has now overtaken and covered up the big cat DNA. So that's why it's coming back fox. But one of my issues with this is, if you ever see a video or in real life see a big cat eating, they are drooling everywhere. Man, the drool coming out of their mouth... You know, they're chewing on the bones. They're, they are leaving DNA. There is no way that there is absolutely no DNA left over after a big cat is eaten. And then a fox has now completely covered up the DNA because it's eaten there. It's, it's very hard for me to grasp that, um, that reasoning because they are messy eaters. They're licking the bones. They're drooling everywhere. Um, you know, they got their paws on there, grabbing stuff. They're, you know, there would be hair or there would be saliva, definitely. And none, as far as, as far as it goes, has been, has come back conclusive of a big cat. Um, so, what, what are people seeing? People are seeing things. They're not, not everybody's making up these stories. Probably one in five people, or ten people at least, has known somebody that has seen one of these big cats or seen it themselves or a friend of a friend have seen a big cat. I know people that have seen them. And I have no, I, I know 
one of them was is a zoologist and a pretty well-renowned zoologist has seen one in eastern Australia. Um, you know, so that when you get people that are in the field of zoology claiming they've seen them, then they're definitely seeing something. Now, what I believe they are seeing is, and a lot of people do believe uh, the same thing, is that they are large feral cats. Now, it might be hard to grasp that, well, I'd know the difference between a domestic cat and a bloody leopard, but you don't really. Because, see, when top order predators and a feral cat is in Australia is at the top of the food chain, there's nothing that really preys upon it, maybe a wedge-tailed eagle. Um, they, they are at the top of the food chain. They're getting lots of food quite regularly. They get bigger. They grow bigger over generation and generation. Um, also, I have a theory that these feral cats, because they're taking down quite large prey, like your macropods, like wallabies, betongs, even maybe small kangaroos, joeys, uh, because that, that is their main prey that they're eating, they are now, the more successful animal would be the bigger animal because they have to be bigger to take down a powerful macropod. So the big line, the lineages of larger cats, domestic cats, are successfully surviving and then breeding. So over time, they get bigger and bigger. It's almost island gigantism we're talking about. Um... So these big cats, and there has been big cats that have been shot, big feral cats, I mean, have been shot, and they are enormous. They're two to three times the size of a domestic cat. One was shot in Gippsland in the 90s, and the tail alone was 60 centimetres. It was two foot. So if you were to put that onto, like, with including the body, you've got something that is the size of a, a small female leopard. That is a big domestic cat. And, you know, I knew somebody that had a Maine Coon, which is the largest uh, domestic cat. We're not talking about savannah cats, which are half serval, half domestic cat. We're talking about domestic cat, Phyllis catters. The Maine Coon can be huge, can easily be twice the size of a, fer of a normal domestic cat, of, of your average domestic cat. And I've seen uh, a guy I knew had one and it, I saw it walk out into his living room and I was like, holy shit, that thing is huge. It's bizarre. And it does give you a shock because you're used to seeing your average house cat and this thing wanders out and it's the size of a medium-sized dog. So if you're out in the bush and you see something run out in front of you that's big, it's black, and it's a cat, if it is twice the size let alone three times the size of a normal domestic cat, it is a shock to you. Your brain starts doing weird things. You're going, what the hell is that? That is not normal. Especially if you're so used and it's ingrained in your mind that as the, the normal size of a normal house cat, and then you see this thing, and especially if you've never seen a leopard or another big cat in the wild, you're going to think that that is a big cat, that it is a huge, big black panther. So... That's what I think people are seeing. It's definitely what they're filming from all the video footage I've seen. They're definitely uh, domestic cats. And they are black because the uh, alleles that cause that mutation to make them black are very common in 
domestic cats. I mean, how common are black domestic cats? They're everywhere. Just watch out if they cross your path. So, and especially in the Australian outback, being a dark colour, again, is beneficial. And, uh, you know, they are bigger due to selective, natural selective breeding. They have become bigger. So that's what I think people are seeing. It is a lot more plausible seeing large feral cats rather than all those very unlikelihoods coming together, like like I mentioned before, surviving in the wild, teaching themselves to hunt in a completely foreign place, all of them being born with this mutation that is actually quite uncommon in the wild, only 11%, and then having cubs and then them surviving to form a breeding population in Australia. I'm not discounting that at all. I'm not. I'm just saying, what is the most likely scenario here? And that is a scientific method. What is more plausible? And we know that there are large feral domestic cats because we have the bodies. And we don't have the bodies or any uh, DNA, actual DNA, from big cats in Australia. Um, so as much as I would love there to be big black cats in Australia or a population of any big cat in Australia, unfortunately, we, unfortunately they are domestic cats that have become feral and are now completely butchering the native environment. And, I mean, it's a phenomenon in itself that there are big domestic cats that have become feral and are that size. That is a pretty interesting subject in itself. I'm, just, I'm afraid they're not big, big cats in that uh, genus Panthera, unfortunately. And I would love to be proven wrong. I really would. And the people that are out there hunting these big cats, I think they're doing a great job. They're doing everything right. Um, with their methods and stuff like that. And who knows, it might only be a matter of time until they actually find conclusive evidence of big cats in Australia. And I mean, that would be amazing. And I mean, we do know that leopards, uh, and, uh, they're an enigma in their native habitat. They're really hard to see. I mean, I've only seen leopards twice in the wild and they were just a, a glimpse you know, you see a flash of it, you see one of them was just trotting on the side of the road in India and then just went, boom, disappeared into some long grass. Uh, so they are very hard to see in their native habitat, but the possibility of them being released into Australia and then forming a breeding population, I just, I just think is very low, very low possibility. If you look at countries like the US, where there are states where you can own a big cat, like a leopard or a tiger or a lion, you can own one. And they get released all the time. People release them, they escape. And in countries where they're allowed to keep big exotic animals, why aren't they forming breeding populations over there? Why aren't there any leopard populations in Florida? You know, everything else lives in Florida. There's monkeys walking around in Florida. There's, there's iguanas, there's massive Burmese pythons, there's Nile monitors. Why aren't there leopards? Because it is very hard to release a leopard, a captive leopard, and it survive and then breed in the wild. It's very difficult. And Australia's laws, 100 years ago, were very relaxed. You could keep exotic animals. Now, not a chance. We can't keep any exotic animals. I mean, we, we can keep macaws and axolotls, 
<laughs> and a few exotic fish, like cichlids and things like that, there's no chance in hell we'll be able to uh, keep an exotic reptile or an exotic cat or anything like that. Not a chance. Only zoos and maybe universities. Um, so, yeah, I, I know I don't want to sound skeptical, and but it's just all these possibilities to me scientifically looking at it through my own personal eyes scientific eyes it just doesn't add up it doesn't make sense unfortunately the most likely scenario often is the the right scenario and that is the giant feral cat population oh god glad i got that off my chest i've been wanting to do this for a long time and i'm sorry if it sounds a lot scattered uh because i get super passionate when i get passionate my i start pronouncing things wrong and things like that but yeah I've been wanting to do this episode for a long time and I'm glad I've got it got it off my chest um, but please prove me wrong please there be big cats in Australia that'd be so cool and I'm not discounting it I'm just uh, I'm still open still open to the possibility I just don't think personally that it is um, it's happening so I hope you found this interesting. Um, it doesn't really classify as cryptozoology this episode because we do know big cats exist. It's just they're existing in a in the wrong place. So it doesn't really classify as cryptozoology. But I think next episode I'm going to do a cryptid episode on on a cryptozoological animal that you might never have heard of before, and it's going to be terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, the one I have in mind, it's, it's bloody terrifying. So look forward to that. Remember to subscribe and give a review, preferably five stars. Come on, do us a favor. Do us a solid, give us a five-star review. But stay tuned for the next episode of Thorn's Jungle. Thanks, guys and gals.